The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. And today's buzz is mobility. Yes, mobility is becoming ubiquitous. That's why they invented it, wasn't it? Yes, exactly as planned. We have some burning questions we're hoping to answer today. Will the iPad mini deliver anything new for business? Hmm. Where does the BYOD, oh, come on, you know it's bring your own device to work. Where does the BYOD trend end? It does it. With the advent of Windows 8, how is a mobile device different from a PC? That's a big question. And when mobility reaches full stride, could be any day now, will you ever have to leave the house again? I have three experts who are going to talk to us about this and try to answer these burning questions. You'll be hearing from Maribel Lopez, Lopez Research, and she has this to say about mobility. Mobility is about apps and business processes, not devices. We have a lot to learn from Maribel today. We're going to welcome her back. It's been a long time. Philippe Winthrop from V-E-L-I-Q. I think it's Philippe. I'll find out from him in a minute. And Philippe says, BYOD, at least for me, has become the Voldemort of enterprise mobility. Philippe had to educate me on the Harry Potter reference there. I bet you're all young enough to get that. Woohoo! And we're going to hear from Neil Hooper from SAP. And Neil says, it's the year of the mobile application. Huh? Didn't we say that last year? Another profound quote. So join us for their insights on mobility enablement. Internet coming to a refrigerator near you soon? Ha! I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live. It is February 20th, 2013, and the year is Zooming, and we're bringing you another great panel with a very, very timely topic. I have a message for my listeners before I introduce my guests formally. So for you Game Changers on the go... Are you wondering how mobility can transform your business? That's the topic today. Learn the key ingredients of a successful enterprise mobility strategy. How? Click any banner on our page on the business channel here on Voice America, World Talk Radio, and download a free CIO playbook or go to spr.ly forward slash capital G game dash capital C changers. Whole bunch of free offers there for you with our compliments. And now let me tell you about my guests. Maribel Lopez is the founder of Lopez Research. She offers deep industry knowledge and expertise to provide research, analysis, and strategic insight to the communications industry. Previously, Maribel was a respected analyst for over a decade, and she looks so young. At Forrester Research, most recently, she served as VP of the Tech Industry Strategies Group. Welcome back, Maribel. How are you today? Great. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for joining me. Where are you calling from, by the way? I am in lovely downtown San Francisco today. 
Okay, I'm glad to hear it's lovely. And Maribel is joined on the panel by Philippe Winthrop, who is the VP of Corporate Strategy at Philippe. Pronounce the company name for me, please. It is Valik. Valik. Oh, I feel so chic. Valik, a Rotterdam-based enterprise mobility company offering the only true mobility platform as a service. And that's got an extra letter in it. M PAS, small M, cap P, small AA, cap S. We'll talk about that later. That helps organizations enable the mobile workplace. Philippe is the founder of the Enterprise Mobility Forum, known as EMF, the first and largest social network exclusively dedicated to enterprise mobility. Before that, he worked at IDC in Aberdeen. Welcome, Philippe. How are you today? Good morning, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Thank you. Where are you calling from? The frozen tundra, better known as Boston. <laughs> well, I'm in the frozen tundra known as Long Island, New York, so I'm go. right here with you on the East Coast, and thank goodness no more snow right now. And mm-hmm. Neil, Hooper, Neil Hooper is joining us. He's a VP of Mobility Sales for SAP America. Neil leads a team of mobility architects. I love that term, Neil. Responsible for mobility sales across SAP America's Northeast region, that's where I am, as well as the National Financial Services and Insurance Practice. How are you, Neil Hooper? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Bonnie. Good. Thanks for joining us. Great panel. And let's get started. Let's do a deep dive and dig into those quotes you sent me. Love the quotes today. Maribel says mobility is about apps and business processes, not devices. How is that possible, Maribel? Everybody thinks about mobility as, hey, what device have you got in your pocket, in your briefcase, in your car, on your lap, on the train? So how are we going to get back to the apps and the processes? Talk to me. I think it started out with the devices, and I think devices are still a sexy manifestation of it, but if you have a device and it doesn't have any applications that run on it, it's dead to you. I mean, we've seen this happen with some of the operating systems around um, uh, Nokia, Microsoft, BlackBerry. They just don't have the same buzz because they don't have the application portfolio. So it's a little bit of both, but it's more about what you're doing with the device. Very, very interesting. And how do we get businesses to focus on those processes? I, I know from a marketing perspective, very often, Maribel, we're very, very busy saying, hey, will this run? Can people see this on their tablet? Is this going to work on the iOS? Is this going to work also on the Android? What about our browsers? And we're talking about reaching people through mobility, but we're really talking about platforms. Is that what we're talking about, processes, or are we talking about something much bigger than that? When, so, so it's, it's a big deal, right? It's everything mm-hmm. from trying to figure out what operating systems you're going to do, how you're going to design those operating systems to work on multiple platforms. I mean, there is no single platform like there was with Windows back in the PC right. day. We still have lots of platforms. It, it doesn't show any end in sight, actually, frankly. So we're going to be in this mess for quite a few years now. So, so the real challenge is figuring out what you mobilize and how you make it friendly for a mobile device. If you take the things that are on a PC and you just try to stick it on an iPad or a smartphone, it doesn't work. Not going to work at all. I know that. Lesson learned. Absolutely. Thanks, Maribel. We have a lot more to speak with you about during the show. And let's bring in Philippe Winthrop. Philippe, Philippe you brought in those four word, those four letters that have so much clout today, BYOD. At least for you has become the Voldemort. I love to say it that way. Voldemort of enterprise mobility. Come on. Give me the meat on the bones here. What are we speaking about, Philippe? So about just over a year ago, I had the pleasure to sit on a panel that Maribel was actually moderating in San Francisco. And the closing question she asked was, what are we going to be talking about next year in enterprise mobility? So she was asking in January 2012, what are we going to be talking about in 2013? And all the other panels 
had their comments, and I said, unfortunately, I think we're still going to be talking about BYOD. And everybody got a chuckle out of that. And for me, you know, the, the term is used constantly right now. You see, if you go on Twitter, there are at least over 100 mentions of BYOD per hour. That's 2,400 per day, 55,000 a month. For wow. me, it's gotten overkill. Everything now is about BYOD in ways that don't even necessarily make sense. And for me, it's gotten to the point that it is the Voldemort of enterprise mobility. And if you don't know anything about the Harry Potter stories, Voldemort was that uh, sorcerer who his nickname was he who shall not be named. And so for me, uh, I'm now saying that BYOD is that topic that shall not be named in enterprise mobility because, again, everything is is focus on this topic where there are so many more important things that we can be talking about to the point that Maribel made about the apps that Neil's also going to be talking about. There is so much more that we can talk about beyond BYOD, and I would personally just love to see us move along that path of thinking more about how is mobility going to truly be accretive to an organization. Thank you, Philippe. Very good insights. You know, when I look at BYOD, this is just a casual social remark. I think of the old BYOB when a restaurant didn't have a liquor license. They would say, BYOB, bring your own bottle. There's such a similarity. It just sounds cute to say, excuse me. So I don't know if that's something that's keeping it afloat, but there you have it. And now let's bring in Neil Hooper from SAP. Neil, another great quote. You say, it's the year, the year. I should have put that all in caps in my notes. It's the year of the mobile application. But didn't we say that last year? Talk to me, Neil. Hooper. Well, it's it's interesting to talk after Philippe. It's good to hear you again, Philippe. Um, you know, if if BYOD is the Voldemort of mobility, I think applications are the Harry Potter. It's got to be a t- uh, tie in there somewhere. <laughs> and you know, we've been talking BYOD forever, as as mentioned. And most people say, and once we have BYOD in place, then we can have applications. And it's always out in the future. And as I work across. Uh, not only Northeast, but nationally and, and sometimes even internationally. I talk to enterprises, and somewhere along the way, apps have crept into the enterprise. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, people are doing forecasting on their devices. They're doing workflow processes on their devices. They do, you know, if you want to put a vacation request in, if you're in a modern company, you do that from your mm-hmm. smartphone or your tablet. Um, you know, I'm in, I live in New Jersey. If someone comes to uh, do repair work on my natural gas line, for instance, they carry a mobile device. The, mm-hmm. uh, all the telephone operators. So, you know, we keep on saying that once once we get our policies in place, next year we'll have mobile applications. There is no watershed event. It has just happened. Applications are here. They're now. And what enterprises need to do next is build their strategy around that. Okay, all good insights. You know, we have a couple minutes left before the break. I'm going to open this up. Anybody want to talk more about, uh, let's go into Neil's comment about the year of the mobile application, no watershed. Uh, what do you think, Maribel? Is this something that's going to be the year of the mobile app for many years to come? Is it going to be the decade of the mobile app as far as enterprises are concerned? I think it's the decade of mobile app because I think we're in the biggest transition since the move from uh, mainframe to PC computing. We're going to redo all our apps and services to work on new operating systems and in a distributed cloud computing environment. So it will continue to be the year of the app. And as Neil said, we've already started. Um, the question is how do we keep it going and how do we get more and more apps on? And, you know, frankly, um, there's still a long way to go for some people. A lot of those people that are doing BYOD are still talking about email and calendar apps and have yet to start to put meaningful business applications on devices. But everybody we talk to 
wants to do that now. So there's a healthy recognition that's going to happen. It's just a matter of how many, when, and how it gets done. Thank you. Let me throw that, throw out another question before we go to break. How does this work in terms of the device people? who are sitting there saying, hmm, we want to upgrade our platform. We want to come up with something sexy. We want to make something new and bold that maybe doesn't work on last year's platform or last month's platform. How does that hamper or encourage, excite, or frustrate the enterprise that's trying to be mobile? Uh, Philippe, Maribel, Neil, anybody want to chime in? In other words, is, is, are the device manufacturers who are coming up with all of these sexy new concepts and platforms is basically uh, – giving enterprises a really hard time because you just figure out what your audience needs and then bingo, you need to have something else. What do you think? So I'll, I'll chime in for a second here. Yes. I think they're absolutely creating um, challenges for the enterprise because of the fact that there are constant updates to the kinds of devices in the portfolio. You see this, I mean, you can blink and then you have three new Android devices that have come out. Uh, Thank and you. They're not all necessarily running the same operating system. Uh, Apple obviously is increasing its speed of innovation uh, in terms of the devices and the operating systems. And then you see BlackBerry doing a complete refresh, uh, restart that is with BlackBerry 10. And you even saw that to a certain extent with uh, Microsoft where they did their own restart again, um, going from Windows, 7, Windows Phone 7.x to Windows Phone 8, which was a completely new platform. Does that create problems for the organization, for the enterprise? Of course it does, because to a certain extent there's going to be uh, incompatibilities in the applications. That's a nightmare. Okay, well, there is no yes, doubt go ahead. That is, here to, that is here to stay for the next few years, and we are going to have to deal with it. We are going to have to deal with it. You know what I have to deal with? The fact that we are at our first break. It's just inevitable. What can I tell you? So here we are. It's Coffee Break with Game Changers live on Wednesday, February 20th, 2013. I'm here with Maribel Lopez, Philippe Winthrop, Neil Hooper. We have a lot to tell you. Who doesn't love mobility? Who doesn't love the idea of apps? Who doesn't love letting their enterprise get out there and overcoming the challenges of mobility? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a break and be right back with our Coffee Break segment. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are. It's Coffee Break time. Let's find out what Maribel Lopez is drinking today. What's in your cup, Maribel? Maribel is having an Illy 
a double espresso americano. Oh, sounds interesting. Do you do you put anything in that, or is it just the way it is, straight up? You know what? I actually put a little touch of cream in it. Sacrilege that it is, I still like it with a little cream. <laughs> I'm sorry to out you, dear, but I always have to ask. Okay, you never know. Okay, Philippe Winthrop, what drink is thou on this beautiful northeast cold morning? So I decided to go real basic today. Venti oh. non-fat mocha chocolate, no whip, skinny double drip, chai tea latte with an extra shot of vanilla. I'm in love. <laughs> You're on the story, man. Seriously, are the can, table can, shaking? <laughs> now, when you now when you go and you order that, are they madly writing on the side of the cup with the magic marker and saying, "Slow down, guys, slow down. We got to put this down." Or do they know you so well? They just say, "Coming up, the blah 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 blah, MG dash so so and so." And just give it to you. So I'll admit it. My wife actually came up with that one earlier this morning. I'm just drinking basic black drip right now. <laughs> Ah, we, we ruined the mystique, and we've got a note here that, that uh, Brad, our engineer, is drinking black coffee, and we're waiting for Malcolm to tell us what he's drinking. And, of course, we have to get to Neil Hooper. So, Neil, what are you drinking today? What's powering the Neil Hooper machine? Well, you got it, Bonnie. It is all about powering up, and I went, because it is cold up here in the Northeast. Oh, yeah. I went with, I'm going with emergency. I don't know if you've ever had that, but I've got some super orange emergency in my bottle of water, and it gives me that extra pep in my step. I've heard of that. What what is it? A liquid or a tablet or well, what do you do with it? You know, I saw some some kids who were sick in the winter. Their their mothers were uh, giving them powder. You just put drop powder in your uh, bottle of water. It's full of vitamins and I swear by it. If you and if you are if your listeners are in the northeast and they're cold or yes. in Minnesota, I highly recommend a little emergency in your bottle of water and it will solve all your ills. Well, glad we're going to have to call this a coffee break, uh, a.k.a. medical medical emergency show here. There you okay. go. Okay. Thank you very much. We just branched out, and we have a new franchise. Thank you, Neil, Maribel, and Philippe. Let's dive. Now that we're all healthy and we're all powered up and we're all admitting what we do to our coffee, let's talk about mobility enablement, our topic today. This is a big deal topic, isn't it, Maribel? You're saying if you simply slap a new mobile UI on your existing processes, you're just plain going to fail. Tell me more, Maribel. Um, if we start with the basic essence of it, if you just look at the fact that we now have touch as a navigation, it breaks any application that you would have had. Applications were typically designed with a deep menu structure. You've got a mouse. You're clicking down five levels before something happens. When you're on a mobile device, um, it's personal and it's immediate. So I want to have a couple of clicks and get access to information. So it's a very different navigation style. So, so, so it's much more task-driven. It's also much more touch-driven. And going forward, we see that it's also going to have other inputs such as gestures and UIs, depending on what kind of device you're using. So I think we really need to think differently about how we design the user interface, but also how people use it. Applications used to be something that you threw the kitchen sink into, and now mm-hmm. we're starting with mobile applications. The, some of the more powerful ones are actually extremely simple. And they do something that you need to do quickly, like Neil was just talking about vacation approvals or a workflow or checking inventory or order entry. So those are the kinds of things people want to do on mobile devices. Okay. Maribel, do you see this as something that the, the app designers are aware of, that it needs to be faster and personalized and more sensitive? Or do you think there is there still that kitchen sink mentality? When do we cross that divide from everything to what I'll call elegance? Is there such a thing as elegance in enterprise apps yet? Is it coming? 
I think that if you designed your app from the ground up, you start with that principle. I think that if you have an application already, you can get to elegance, but it's harder. And the reason it's harder is because you have so many functions in the apps. The apps are very rich, and it's trying to figure out what your real users really want to use and what they need the most first. So there's a bit of trial and error, and I think one of the biggest mistakes that enterprises make is they try to boil the ocean when they want to mobilize an app. And what they really need to do is they need to get something out quick. They need to be iterative, let the user tell them what they need in the app, what's missing, and continue to evolve the app. So instead of, you know, spending a year and doing a big bang that nobody might necessarily want, really getting it out early, having people test it, having people tell you what it wants, and really have the app be about what the user needs, not everything that might have been in it before. So bake a batch of cupcakes in the new flavor before you do the 10-tier wedding cake and find out if people really like what it tastes like. Maybe, huh? Exactly. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm thinking of coffee and cupcakes. I don't know why you all made me very hungry. By the way, Malcolm says that he's drinking his favorite Equator Coffee's Alligator French. What a way to kickstart the day. Woo-hoo. That's Malcolm, our co-producer. You all know Malcolm Kimberlin. Okay, I want to turn to Philippe, and I want to talk about I brought this up as one of the burning questions. And before we end the hour, my esteemed panelists, I do want to answer all of those questions. Let's talk about Windows 8. We're talking about new platforms and how they impact the ability to go into elegance in your mobile apps. So the burning question here with Windows 8, Philippe, is what is a PC versus a mobile device, and how can you even tell the difference? Is there there a difference? Talk to me, Philippe Winsor. Um, I think, frankly, moving forward, there it's going to be increasingly hard. I mean, we've already seen the first salvo of that. It's called uh, the Microsoft uh, Surface Pro. It looks like a tablet. It runs a full-blown uh, PC operating system. Um, so what is it? Uh, that, that, that's going to be, I think, increasingly what we're going to see in the marketplace where there's a convergence of the desktop operating system with the mobile operating systems. You already see Android um, moving to other form factors. You see Google trying to push, push its Chrome OS, and you know that that's going to converge with the Android operating system. Uh, to really be able to uh, delineate what is and isn't a PC or a tablet is, is going to be increasingly complex. It's kind of like in the same pr- uh, principles around enterprise mobility management around, well, what is device management versus application management versus whatever. There are so many shades of gray that it gets increasingly confusing, in my opinion. Is this a good thing? If PCs blend in with mobile devices, Philippe, is this something that's this ubiquitousness, ubiquity, if you will, is this a good thing for app designers? Does it mean that everything's going to run on everything and it's not so hard to figure out individual device-specific platform-specific apps? Well, if you drink the Red Mundian Kool-Aid, then yes. Um, (laughs) You know, it's a lot easier to build one application that, in theory, um, can run on multiple platforms, uh, or which is technically a singular platform, but on multiple form factors. Um, sure, you, you see this to a certain extent already with iOS, with their with mm-hmm. their binary apps, right? Where you can have where it works on both the iPhone and the iPad. Um, so who's to say that it's not going to go the next step further? And you see the broader adoption of uh, the Windows OS, Windows 8 OS, that is, where it's going to be uh, a one-size-fits-all. Now, mind you, we've, we've had this promise before, uh, most notably in Java, right once, deploy everywhere, uh, and that really didn't pan out. So, again, who knows what's going to happen. 
Okay, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it's Neil Hooper. Neil, I have to ask you, what does a mobility architect, no pressure, honey, no pressure, what does a mobility architect do? Are you the one who's sitting on the enterprise side who says, hmm, look at those new form factors, pretty nice, pretty cool, everybody's going to have them, hmm, look at those new operating platforms, what the heck are we going to do about it? Is that what you do as a mobility architect? Uh, well, yes, that that's a uh, big part of it, Bonnie. I mean, I, if you if you follow the comments from Maribel and, and Philippe, I think you know we're we're in a really turbulent time. It's very confusing for everybody. And as I said earlier, as as we've been coming on, apps are beginning to creep into the enterprise. They're here. It is the decade of the mobile application. And what we do from a mobility architect perspective is we help our customers come up with a strategy to deal with the mayhem. I mean, I don't know who's going. I don't think anybody knows who's going to win between Microsoft or Apple, or Google, or BlackBerry, or Amazon, or whomever. And I think it's going to take at least five years for us to be able to you know, figure a lot of those questions out. So in the meantime, you've got to come up with standards and uh, an approach to this very confusing market um, that will be supported by your by your organization. But I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, I you know just to, to make it personal, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, my son is in seventh grade. And, you know, what, what do you buy him now? Do you buy him a desktop? Do you buy him a laptop? Do you buy him a tablet? Exactly. Or exactly. do you buy one of these converged devices? And then once you make that decision, which, uh, which of the three major platforms do you go with? It's a, it's a really confusing but fun, fun time. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of something from a, a blog, uh, something to do with uh, actually Maribel later. I want to talk a little bit about mobility and right time experiences. I know that that's uh, something you coined, but I want to talk about SAP's policy about BYOD to bring up those four feared letters and just to talk about what's happening on the other side, meaning how do you design for what kinds of devices, what kind of platforms? Well, what does an, a large enterprise do to empower its employees and its culture to deal with that. So let me just read a little bit and then we can comment. We have a four minutes before break. Uh, I'll, I'll quote, mobile, mobile technology is impacting every business, transforming experiences for employees, partners, and customers. I think we've already said that SAP is no exception. With over 40,000 mobile devices in use, SAP is realizing significant business benefits from mobilizing employees worldwide. Now here's the thing. How are they doing it? CIO Oliver Busman, who's been a guest on the show, established a device agnostic strategy for the company. He understood that diversity is key and allowing employees to use the devices they want, there's our, our BYOD, is non-negotiable. That's that's something we haven't talked about. The company supports both a corporate-owned and personally-owned BYOD mobile device model and has a significant mobile device footprint. And here we go with the numbers. Everybody likes numbers. 22,000 BlackBerry smartphones, 9,000 iPhones, 1,000 Android smartphones, and 18,000 iPads in use today. We've got three minutes left. Who wants to talk about our other enterprises facing the same question about becoming device agnostic in their BYOD policies? Who wants to talk to this? Well, I'll start because we come from SAP. Okay, Neil Neil first. I won't take Maribel. Go, Neil. Um, So just a quick story about that. I mean, when the tsunami hit Japan, our BYOD strategy meant we were back to work the very next day. I mean, because our infrastructure was down in Japan, and people came right back in. And it's, it's a very empowering uh, strategy that Oliver has rolled out, and, it's, and I'm seeing more of this in enterprises across the world. Okay, Maribel? 
everywhere I go, people are struggling with it. They used to have what I called an eye strategy, which is just how you support iOS devices. And mm-hmm. now we're starting to see that they want to have an Android strategy. They're looking at both tablets and smartphones and the differences between them. It's an absolutely chaotic environment. And back to our earlier discussion that we we're having about, you know, which operating system is going to win. Um, we're, as was said, we're in a world where there is no operating system that's going to win for a while. And I think that has fundamental challenges in terms of how you design apps because people talk about the right ones um, uh, work anywhere. And that actually doesn't take advantage of all the different benefits of each of the platforms. You know, there's a back button on, I, on Android and there isn't a back button on iOS. So that's a real different design principle. Okay, Philippe, I want you to chime in before we go to break. What do you think about this concept of having a company say, sure, bring it, whatever it is, we're device agnostic, good, bad, ugly, is it working? I think it's wonderful, frankly. It's not even just a BYOD issue. I think it's in the broader scheme. It's a consumerization of IT issue. Use the devices that are in operating systems that are best suited to your personal preferences and needs. It doesn't matter if you're using iOS or Android or BlackBerry or Windows Phone. As long as you are as productive as you can possibly be on your platform of choice, why should it matter to the enterprise? Okay, good point. Takes us up to our halfway break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Whatever you're drinking, hope you won't touch that app or that mouse. We expect you to be back when we come back on the other side. It's only 50 seconds, 57 seconds away, not too long to wait. Brad, bring us out. Bring us back. We're out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com zoom leadership it's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal zoom leadership it's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future join host john schmidt every monday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time zoom leadership an inside look at what's really going on in business government and civil society tune in every week on the voice america business channel Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we're back. We're talking about mobility enablement. What kind of devices and platforms do you want your enterprise apps to run on? And we're going to talk about all sizes and levels of business before we're done with this next segment. I'm speaking today with Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research. I'm speaking with Philippe Winthrop from Velik, V-E-L-I, with a capital Q at the end, very sexy. And I'm speaking with Neil Hooper from SAP. So, Maribel, again, ladies first. Let's kick this off with you. I want to talk about how leaders will incorporate the unique app attributes of mobility, and those include location, where are you, and sensor data, I don't even know what that is, into business processes. Talk to me about some definitions there, Maribel, and let's go into right time experiences. Let's talk about what's really going on in the world of mobility. Maribel. Yeah, so right time experiences are basically giving your employees or your customers the right information at the point of need. And giving them the right information at the point of need requires you to take in some data that you might not have um, built into your applications before. So location is probably the best example of a mobile attribute, but you mentioned sensor data. So if you think about your devices now, uh, your devices basically have motion sensors, um, speed sensors, temperature sensors, all kinds of great sensors. And we're starting to see in the digital health field that a lot of these are coming up to figure out, you know, how far you've walked, uh, how well you're sleeping. So there's whole ecosystems being built around sensors and devices on the consumer landscape. And we anticipate that that will actually also filter into the business landscape. And it is happening today in some areas. So, for example, you can imagine a transportation company. Uh, actually, Southwest Airlines does this today. They can put um, sensors in with your cargo as it flies through the air. It can track where your cargo is when it's landed, when it's been put into a truck, but also the health mm. of that. Did it break? Uh, was it at the right temperature the entire time? So really giving you a lot of information about data. So if you were shipping, say, produce, you would know, or in the case of pharmaceuticals, drugs, or lab samples, you'd know that that sample ended, uh, started and ended in the same condition through its transit process. So I think it's very powerful to think about how you build in the data from sensors and location data so that you can give people the right information exactly when they want it and need it. But, Maribel, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, Bonnie, but there's, there's an interesting twist there. So look at the, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you caught the hubbub uh, between the New York Times and Tesla, uh, the um, uh, electric vehicle company. Uh, where they were not getting the the New York Times uh, author was not getting anywhere near the distance he was expected to get off of his Tesla car. Elon Musk comes back with all this data about how um, 
the the author was allegedly driving at this speed at this distance going whatever and so yes it's wonderful to have access to this information and this data in real time for sure but by the same token we must also be judicious in terms of how we're using that power how we're using Mm -hmm. that information because otherwise we're going to get into orwellian big brother that that's true and i also wanted to add this is bonnie obviously i wanted to ask what about the expense of all this what does it cost to put these sensors and have somebody monitoring this data and gathering it and analyzing it and reporting on it what does it do in other words maribel what what company that's shipping a box of bananas from south america to maybe to alaska to put in a market there they'd love to have fresh bananas wonderful but the sensors that are saying how are we doing are we getting them there on time what do the bananas look like what's the shelf life once they get to the Alaska market? Are they being bought? Are we pricing them correctly? All this good stuff. What does this cost in addition? Is it affordable, all this mobility and the sensors? I think in some cases it is, and in some cases it isn't. So, you know, we've we've talked about this. If you're trying to put it on an article like a can of peas that is, you know, very low <laughs> cost, um, not so much. If you're trying to put it on pallets and pallets of uh, food, could be a lot more interesting. So some of it depends on what the price of the goods is. But actually, you know, the cost is coming down um, quite mm-hmm. dramatically. I think one of the bigger issues is um, not so much the cost of, say, a sensor, because Sensors are being built into everything now. Uh, a lot of it's around battery and how do we make sure things can be powered. So it, it's not just the sensor, it's a sensor and the battery power of it. And this is a big deal. Like if you're Union Pacific and you want to do uh, sensors in the rails to try to figure out if the train um, is going to run on time but also what the health of the train car is, you have to think, how am I going to power all of those sensors across thousands and thousands of miles? I think it's a lot easier if you're... Um, Putting something, say, in a in a card, it's like one, you know, it's one sense, one set of sensors, say GPS or uh, humidity or other things, and that's in one truck. But if you're trying to say outfit an entire train line for thousands of miles, it gets to be a little different. It does. Somebody just brought one of the the big issues, and we're even starting to see that in retail. You know, they they've gotten to the point where um, they see a lot of value in just eliminating shrinkage and other things with putting um, different sensors and trackers into into the environment. So it really depends on what your business case is and how expensive the products are that you're trying to monitor and manage are to begin with. Good. And the reason I asked that, Maribel, is as we have a, a broad brush of companies, uh, people who listen to us here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we don't know exactly who they are. So I want to make sure everybody understands it might sound great and sexy, but there is a cost involved, and you have to do the equation, do the math, and see where you gain something from all this mobility in the sensors and where it's just not right for you, as you said, if it's a can of peas or it is something more expensive in terms of fresh food with spoilage and long distances. Uh, I want to talk to Neil Hooper. You want to chime? in on this question of Big Brother and, and location and sensors. How much should we really be knowing? You're a mobility architect. What do you think, Neil? Well, there's no doubt that uh, fraud, waste, and abuse is a huge cost for everybody. So there is definitely benefit in, in intelligent machinery. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no, no way around it. But as, as Mary Bell was saying, we're going to be going to pick our moments. You know, I, so I, there are concerns about Big Brother, but just like the BYOD uh, discussion, this isn't just a technology discussion. This is a legal discussion and a finance discussion and uh, a privacy discussion. Mm-hmm. And you, you can orchestrate these things so that everybody um, 
is protected, and and yet at the same time the enterprise uh, can get a whole lot of value. So it's it's very important when we're talking to our enterprise that we always encourage this. Don't make this just a discussion about the technology, but get those other groups involved so you don't get uh, blindsided as you're trying to roll something out. Now, I always like to ask this question and uh, tagging along with what I just said about we have a, a broad brush of companies who listen to the show. What if somebody is a startup or a very small company or just an entrepreneur thinking about something and they're saying, wow, this mobility stuff is great. I'm going to design my business apps for this and for that. I'm going to build in the latest in sensors. I love what Maribel said. Should they be embracing this full tilt from the start? Is that a great thing to put in your business plan that will impress your investors, your VCs, your angels? whoever is putting money in that pot or your crowdfunding perhaps or is this something that should be phased in over time before you not before you really get a, a foothold with your business concept anybody want to weigh in on, on advice to the small company sure that's a great question you go yeah, ahead. thank you that's a question uh, I thank think, you, <laughs> you know, there, there's a balancing act I would never suggest ready fire aim but by the same token because there's we're all in agreement here uh, that you know Mobile is the future. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. That yes, you do want to have mobile as part of the overall vision. I I wouldn't go so far as to necessarily say mobile first, because mm-hmm. then you may miss out on opportunities for other channels uh, in terms of uh, accessing information. But yes, absolutely, mobile has to be part of the overall business strategy. There's not a separate mobility strategy. It's not a business strategy. They're completely intertwined and ultimately will be one and the same. Good. Who else? Bonnie, I think, I think the, the question can be tied mm-hmm. to today. Today mm-hmm. we heard Office Max and uh, Office Depot are going to merge. Yes. And Sony is launching the PlayStation 4, which is said to eliminate the need for discs. They're going to go completely cloud-based. These are massively transformative times. It's not about doing the same thing that has been done in the past. It's about doing things differently. And I would certainly argue that using mobile technology provides startups, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. as well as big companies, an opportunity to rethink the way that they're running their business processes, do them radically different, do them much more efficiently, pleasing for the users, and, uh, and uh, all at the same time driving a heck of a lot of value. So I would say, yeah, it, it should be absolutely part of your strategy to do things different than your your predecessors and use mobile technology to deliver the new products. It sounds like a competitive cutting edge. Maribel, what do you think about this idea of mobility as part of that start-off business plan or early-stage growth? I think if you don't have mobility as part of your business plan, you don't have a business plan. Okay. I think it's absolutely (laughs) critical. I mean, the world, the future of computing is um, mobile and cloud-based. It's not to say that there aren't other things. It's not to say there isn't a fixed market. But if you don't have a strategy to embrace that and attack it, and you've, if you haven't thought of designing your service and your application to work in a device-independent and location-independent environment, then your service is probably not going to be usable and people aren't going to buy it. Okay, before we go to break, I have to blend three terms together and get your take, all three panelists. What's the impact of the integration of cloud? I think Neil just mentioned that big data. We talked about all that sensor information coming in from wherever, Maribel, and mobile, which is our topic today. Cloud, big data, mobile, put them all together, what do you get? Maribel, is this a good thing? Is this this where we're going? This is fabulous. This is exactly where we need to go, and the thing that was difficult before is that 
each of these trends were fairly immature, and now we're working on in an environment where they've reached good enough maturity that we can start to integrate them and do things really interesting. Having mobile is interesting, but having the big data and analytics to take data from mobile, to take a data that's in your existing uh, shop, merge them together and give somebody a insight, you know, not just a piece of data, but an insight that they can act on at that moment is extremely compelling, and that's the future of computing, and you don't get there unless you start integrating mobile cloud and big data with an analytics wrapper. Thank you, Maribel. Philippe, you want to weigh in on this before we hit the break? Sure. Big data plus mobile plus cloud equals better, faster decision-making. It's that simple. It's not about having access to the information. That's great, but what are you able to do with it? This becomes real actionable insight that leads to a competitive advantage. Okay, I like that. I have one of our burning questions we didn't answer. We have a minute till break. I'm going to just toss this out. Neil, maybe you can answer this one, and then we'll have the big question we'll save for the for the uh, prediction section, the crystal ball coming up at the end. Will the iPad mini deliver anything new for business? Neil, what do you think? <laughs> what a timely question, Bonnie. I just got an iPad mini this morning, and I'm staring <laughs> at it in a shiny white new box. How did I know? I How did I, I know? I am... Uh, it is, it's the strangest thing. I am incredibly excited about it, but I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. So, <laughs> so um, we're going to have to have reconvene for part two and have you tell us your story about your iPad mini. I think we're ready to go to break. Here's what's going to happen. My guests are going to sit there and they're going to polish off their crystal ball. Maribel Lopez, Philippe Winthrop, and Neil Hooper. And they're going to tell us when we come back what they see in the next five years in terms of cloud, big data, mobile, or just mobility enablement. And they're going to answer the question, will you ever have to leave the house again once mobility reaches full stride? Will the Internet be in your refrigerator? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Don't even touch that app. We'll be right back. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And the operative question of the day is, what will mobility enablement look like five years from today? Which, if my calendar is correct, will be February 20th, 2018. Maribel Lopez, let's kick off the crystal ball. What do you see five years from now or whenever? You tell me. 
Yeah, I see a move to um, basically us living with computing around us. I think Frog, Mark Rolston and Frog Design first started about that computing will no longer be a destination. You'll be living within computing and interacting with computing. Uh, it will be gesture-based. It will be touch-based. It will be voice-based. And it might not necessarily start with something as big as the refrigerator, but as you bring every new device you bring into the house will probably have connectivity embedded in it, even if it's just Wi-Fi-based connectivity. Maribel, will we be able to turn off that connectivity if we want a little bit less visibility? I think we're going to get to a point where we'll have more settings. I think the only challenge with settings is that you have to learn how to use them and you have to set them. So that really becomes an issue of how easy we make that user interface, and I think we're far away from making it that easy. You know, Apple's proved that you can make settings very easy on, um, say, the iPhone, but a lot of people mm-hmm. complained that there wasn't enough you could do with the iPhone. So it all depends on what you want. Some of that simplicity and elegance requires you to have a very tight lockdown environment. And you still have to read the, the instructions, right? You still have to read them somewhere, whether they're on paper or you download them or you go find them on your device. You still have to read the instructions. Okay, Philippe Winthrop, what do you see? Can you take me five years ahead as well, Philippe? And what about the refrigerator? My goodness, I think it's five years, you know, who knows, frankly. But, you know, to your refrigerator, I think it's going to be, I mean, uh, certainly one of the terms that Sanjay Poonin from SAP loves to use is the Internet of Things. Um, mm-hmm. That's where we're going to be. Everything is going to be in our connection. Have a sense of that when we look at, for example, the the creators of the iPod, who then created the Nest thermostat. That that's IP enabled. Um, everything is going to become IP enabled. We're going to have. We are going to have. Uh, you know, the internet on our uh, refrigerator. Hopefully, it's not going to be to go do your Facebook, but more to be able to monitor things, make sure that uh, there's no power outage, for example. Uh, but it, there will be complete ubiquity of internet. It will be mobile. It will be potentially even in your glasses, as you see with Google Glasses, for example. Um, and it's just going to create a need uh, to manage it all, but by the same token, it's going to be enabling us through mobile technology for both personal and, and uh, professional use. Very interesting. And I have a, a little note here. I'm looking at a blog from Amelia Gillespie published on September 24, 2012. Uh, she's at SAP. And I'm just going to, I think we have 30 seconds here for me to insert this, if you don't mind. The blog was entitled, There's a Fairy Inside My Smartphone and Other Right Time Experiences. And she says she was pleased to have Sanjay Poonin address an audience in Palo Alto. And if you've heard Sanjay speak recently, he may have talked about, as you mentioned, Philippe, the Internet of Things or machine-to-machine technologies and what the future of mobile looks like. The idea that in the not-too-distant future, all of the things in our homes and in the world at large will be connected to the Internet, like refrigerators, ice cream freezers, home stereos, and even alarm clocks. Yes, we have time. We'll tell that story. Thank you, Philippe. Neil Hooper, what do you see in your crystal ball? Can you go five years, or? <laughs> I I think this is five years that um, I can certainly imagine that the, the, the handheld device will become far more powerful. So I well, certainly echo everything that, that Mary Bell and, and Philippe and, and you also said, Bonnie. I think you've, mm-hmm. you've accurately described the Internet of Things and, and where we will be. And then from a personal uh, perspective, I would expect to have everything I need in the palm of my hand, and then I will place that device on a piece of glass, be it, be it a, a table, or a counter, or a mm-hmm. desk, and that piece of glass will come to life, and that will be my new screen. 
there is in the future, I don't think we're going to need all of these different presentation devices because everything will be a presentation device uh, served by your mobile phone. That's where we're going to be in five years. Very, very interesting. So the the term device agnostic will be to the nth degree, to the ulti, to the ultimate power. Is that what you're saying, Neil? Where you won't need I to have all these expensive. De- wow! So you won't yeah. need devices. Do you know what it's like for me to leave the house with one or two iPhones and an iPad in my <laughs> purse? You know how big that purse has to be. Do you know how heavy it is? I lug it everywhere because I love the mobility. I love the opportunity to take pictures. You know what? People are still amazed when you take a picture on your iPad and it comes out beautifully, and you show it to them on that big screen right there, and then you tap one or two things and you email them the picture instantly people are still going gaga over this ability to be that mobile anywhere anytime it's still very very sexy so i think we have we have five minutes left which is more time than i need so i'm going to open it up to the panel to let's do some parting words on mobility enablement what should businesses really be focusing on the sizzle the steak a combination of both let's each take why don't you each take about 30 seconds and just give us a wrap up maribel lopez please first i think it's about getting um quick hits out you know the first thing you want to do is demonstrate that there's some value in doing mobile applications and business processes and then make it iterative so people feel like that you're constantly improving and giving them what they need Okay, Philippe Winthrop. Worry less about BYOD. Worry less about mobility management and focus more on the future, which is going to be all about enterprise mobility enablement. Mobile, cloud, and big data are all going to become one. And to be able to have that mobility enablement through a cloud system, a cloud platform, is going to be the future. Thank you. Neil Hooper, SAP, what do you think? Well, I would say... Listen to your users. Listen to your customers. Listen to your business partners. Listen to your users. Ask them what they would really like to make them more efficient, make them happier, make them able to do their their jobs or buy products faster and, and a more pleasant experience. If you listen to those constituents, that will become your mobile strategy. Very interesting. And I want to just make a side note here. What comes to mind as I'm listening to all of you about mobility, and especially, Maribel, our discussion about sensors is how many times do we watch a TV drama, good guys, bad guys, cops and robbers, whatever you want to call it, and now they're able to say, where is he? He's on the run. And somebody pulls up a GPS and says, yeah, we slapped this little thing on the underside of his car. He just passed the stoplight at 54th and Nelson Street. And somebody says, yes, his credit card was just swiped in this hotel. And oh my goodness. And they're bringing this concept of mobility and tracking into these whodunits. I think that the population at large is starting to see the possibilities. That goes back to our conversation before a little bit about Big Brother. Sometimes you want Big Brother to watch, right? Anybody have a comment on that before I go to my wrap-up here? So think about um, the great quote from Stan Lee in the uh, Spider-Man series. With great power comes great responsibility. There you go. Right? It's about how you use that information. I think Janis Joplin said it very well, too. Freedom's just another, another word for 
Nothing left to lose. Okay, here we go. I have some predictions of my own. Wednesday, February 27th, that's next week. We're going to be talking about precision retail. Don't know what that is? You have to tune in. We have a lot to tell you. Hey, you may be corporate. You may be in a bigger, small business, but I bet you're a consumer too. So you, we're going to talk to both sides of that equation, precision retail. Wednesday, March 6th, could it be March already, two weeks away? Telco 2.0 and the Mobile World Congress wrap-up. I'll have a sexier title for that one next week and Wednesday, March 13th. Yes, I'm going three weeks out. We're going to talk about best run cities, urban matters. Hey, running a city is a complex and challenging task. Running it well, even more so. The best run cities embrace the complexity of that task. I want to thank my very special and wonderful guest, Maribel Lopez. Thanks for the insights, Maribel. Appreciate you taking the time to join us. Same for Philippe Winthrop. Same for Neil Hooper. I want to thank Anka Rebel, Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP. I want to thank a shout out to Reed Hornberger and I want to do a shout out to Siobhan Colopy. You all know who you are and I want to thank Brad and Ryan on the Business Channel team. We had some interesting mobility issues with our connectivity today and you solved it. Okay, I'm going to say I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers. Parting words. Think about this one. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bye-bye. Brad out. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.